In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Colet, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, all the way from the cross the pond, it's not Richard, nope, not yet. He's still tied up. Uh, hopefully, he will be back next week. But I have the next best thing. It's sort of a fatter version of Richard. It is none other than Lord Byron of Haunted Devon. Oh, my God. He gets ruder every year. I, I don't know why I put up with you, Ron. But uh, hello. And, uh, yeah, it's good to be here following the footsteps of uh, Richard. Well, I mean, you do have to admit you're a little heavier than Richard. Oh, you haven't seen me lately, Ron. Um, I've actually lost quite a bit of weight, actually. I'm, uh, I'm svelte-like now. Really? Uh, yeah, true. Uh, you can ask Charlotte. She was over here. One of your U.S. representatives came and visited us in the U.K. Well, and, kind of, uh, wait, not quite U.S. She's sort of like Frenchy U.S. Well, she's, uh, she was from Seattle, I suppose that is, in the U.S., I guess, isn't it? Yeah, but she lives in France and is applying for French citizenship, so... Eh. Well, uh, yeah, I don't think she's got it yet. So she's still uh, a U.S. person at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it was good to see her anyway. And uh, she'll vouch for the fact that I've lost a few pounds. Mm-hmm. So there. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand that you uh, went with... But anyway, if anybody, uh, we are live on um, Toginet, uh, Pararex, Ghost Channel and beyond. Anyways... Um, you went with her to one of my favorite places, I understand, which is the Moors. Yes, uh, yeah, we did. We um, we went out on Saturday to 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 check out the Moors, basically. Um, I know that you're interested in the Moor, and obviously Arthur Conan Doyle and the uh, the Sherlock Holmes stories and everything else. So mm-hmm. we took Charlotte up, showed her around. I showed her my hairy hands, and. Uh, <laughs> She, she became acquainted with the hairy hands, and, uh, yeah, we, we showed her those and uh, generally took her around some of the, the, the more prominent areas of the moor, including Vixen Tor, and, yeah, a, a good day was had, actually, Ron. It was, it was, a, it was a, nice, a nice weekend. Right. I, I actually had a chance to work with her at uh, Gloucester um, at Halloween, so... Yeah, 
Yeah, she's nice. She's a nice lady, and I, I don't know if she'll be listening. She's probably commuting at the moment, but right. um, yeah, we we had a good time, and obviously she attended one of our investigations as well at Exeter Castle, which is going to be covered off in the next uh, podcast with uh, myself and you. Um, it'll be live, well, semi-live from uh, Exeter Castle, which uh, which should be cool. And that's in about two weeks, and that will be on our regular Ghost Chronicles, Ghost Chronicles Next Next Generation, which will air on Wednesday, which airs on Wednesdays between 7 and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is like midnight your time, I believe, right? That's right, yes, and um, yeah, we we did some recording from up there. Um, it was an interesting place, and uh, many people have been hung, drawn, and quartered at that location, so uh, yeah, you have to wait and see how that pans out. Right. I know a lot of people would love to hang, draw, and quarter me, but that's another story for another time. Yeah, I can't believe that, Ron. Why <laughs> Why would that be? Anyway, have, no have you had any investigations, Ron, recently? Uh, we have quite a few going. Uh, we were supposed to go in, uh, on an investigation last Saturday, but as it turned out, uh, the seas were a little too rough, so we were unable to do that, which was quite disappointed because it was really a cool place. But anyway, um, I actually have a question for you, and i got to pull this up right now, but let me see if I can do this. Uh, here we go. You know, uh, in, in the U.K., ghost venues are a pretty big business, aren't they? They are indeed, yeah. Um, I'm not not convinced that uh, everyone makes it here, so to speak, but uh, yeah, ghost tours are big business in the UK and uh, people make a living out of it, so um, and, and, you know, some some are better than others at doing it, but uh, there are some good good tours, yeah. There's, and there's even, a lot even of the locations make money on this stuff as well. Yeah, right? they do. Yeah, they do. Now, the thing is, uh, you, we, we've discussed that before, Ron, and uh, the way I see it is this, is that if um, you know, it's a grade two listed building or it needs uh, work on, then certainly um, the larger groups or, you know, groups such as ourself and Haunted Down, we have no um, hesitation in making a donation towards that. Um, there are some venues, though, that have, that have you know, gone a little bit uh, haywire with their pricing. And uh, it's a case of most of the paranormal groups that vote with their feet. If they feel the price is too high, they just won't go back there, um, and which means they eventually lose money and uh, they cut off their own source of income, really. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, they do. They do do it, Ron. I'm not sure about your in the States. Do they, do they charge? It is getting more and more. I mean, originally when I first started the New England Ghost Project years ago, uh, it, there was none of that, really. There was nobody really charging for locations. And now uh, just about every uh, place is. But, uh, in fact, I, I I saw a movie, an old movie with Peter O'Toole in it, and it was called High Spirits, and it was about an English castle, I mean, a uh, Irish castle, where they were yeah. trying to save the castle by pretending it was haunted, even though it was really haunted, which is, you know, it was, it was a comedy, so it ended up the ghosts chipping in. But I, I had a laugh because, you know, they had tried to produce all this uh, ghost for for the visitors, the Americans as they were, and uh, I thought that was interesting because there, there are reports that, that people are actually 
faking uh, their ghosts. Yeah, uh, and and certainly uh, haunted Devon have been uh, have been uh, privy to that. In fact, uh, on one occasion, uh, there were there was a case where um, haunted Devon had um, a person actually placed a radio uh, transmitter into the chimney pot of a location in order to uh, scare the paranormal uh, investigators. Really. Uh, there, yeah, and I mean it, it was ludicrous. I can't name the place, obviously, but uh, right. needless to say, their radio was found located and shoved back into the room where, where they were transmitting from, and the group up and left that night. And uh, we reported it as a fake, and I think it the local press as well. So, um, yeah, uh, there are two schools of thought, Ron, on that, and. Uh, People that do that to themselves damage their own credibility because not only they're lying to uh, you, but they're also uh, they could possibly be lying to their guests as well. Um, and there are others that will simply say, "Look, you know, I don't know if this place is haunted, but it's old, and if you want to investigate it, that's absolutely fine." But I'm not sensitive, so whatever you find here, you know, it, it is cool, and and, that, and that's that's good. But um, yeah, it's. Um, and I, yeah, I, you know, I, I actually ran across this this article about this uh, in one of the Polish newspapers. About uh, actually, let me read it for you. It says a Polish woman who pretended to be a ghost and haunted an Alpine castle was sentenced to four months in prison in an Italian court. Police were called in to investigate mysterious creaking doors and other unexplained nocturnal noises heard in the 15th century castle. Del- well, Colorado, near the Swiss-Australian borders, by a female occupant who ran the castle's cultural center. Video cameras were placed by investigators. It revealed that the noises were actually man-made or woman-made in this case by a uh, 42-year-old Pole uh, whose husband worked at the center. Police said she was motivated by a personal rancor against the manager and she was charged with harassment and incidental damage to the castle so i guess it does happen yeah it does happen um and like i say you know it is big 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 business and there are um i don't know in the in the u.s whether they have uh, similar things such as we have like english heritage or uh such like you know trusts that look after some of the older properties we do um yeah we we do too and there are two schools of thought um you know, for instance, English Heritage will allow us to um, investigate uh, properties, older properties, whereas National Trust will not. Um, and it's different perceptions on you know what they see as uh, being being competent. You know, but every every castle, the first thing that most big tourists say is, "Has the has this." Has this castle got a ghost? Um, so there is there is business there, and of course, you know, people are, are making moves to to, to monopolise on that. But um, you know, that's why I suppose groups such as ourselves um, are looking for other locations to to investigate the lesser known locations, and and certainly those that have never been investigated. And right. uh, and and one of those was actually um, which we did recently was Fourford Manor, which hadn't been done um, by other paranormal groups, as far as I'm aware. Um, certainly not well documented, and um, they're far more interesting and uh, yeah, <laughs> a good deal uh, to have by all. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's 
we have like two schools in the United States. Uh, there are those who accept the paranormal and those who think it's totally ridiculous. I mean, when we had our investigation canceled uh, last Saturday because of uh, uh, high seas, uh, I ended up going to this place uh, called Searles Castle, and uh, it, it's run by the Presentation of Mary, which is a religious order, and, and actually it it has a uh, a high school there and is uh, uh, like a nursing home for uh, aging nuns and uh, you know it's a beautiful place, absolutely gorgeous. I mean, and uh, they only open it up every five years or so to the public, but they could actually make a lot of money for themselves uh, if they did, you know, open it up more to tours and stuff. But uh, unfortunately, they kind of don't believe in it, so they don't do it. But the, the place, I mean, just walking through, I could tell that, you know, there was something there. But uh, it, it's, you know, it's a shame like that. There are so many places that they would make great investigative places, but they just don't allow it. No, uh, and, uh, and that's a shame, but, um, you know, you have to respect other people's, you know, sort of uh, beliefs. Some people don't believe that there is, uh, you know, uh, such a thing as the paranormal. And, you know, it's not for us to force it on them. You know, if they don't want that, uh, if they don't want the investigations, then they just don't have them. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, certainly there is a certain amount. We do have that school of thought here. Some people don't want it. They don't want to know, and uh, and certainly again, there there is those people that that want you to come in, but they don't actually want to know anything. <laughs> they don't want you to know anything. Don't want you to tell them anything, you know, because they say, "Look, this is my home. I've lived here for years and years, and I'd rather I didn't know right. what was going on rather than you tell me that there's some great big ghost um, hanging around that I don't want to see." And and yeah, we we respect those wishes too. Right, and and that's the other thing. I mean, it, this place was so gorgeous. I mean, it really killed me that you couldn't take pictures in it because of uh, insurance uh, reasons and other other particular reasons. Uh, so that kind of broke my heart. But it was really funny because as I, as I went through the tours and stuff, um, a lot of people uh, who are actually working there recognized me. So they wanted to know what I was doing. I mean, I'm I'm a great history buff. I buff. I love uh, history. So I was there, you know, just because I, like I said, it wasn't open for only like every five years they open it up. So I was just, you know, dying to to, to look at it and, and feel the history and see what was going on. So, but it's it's interesting that she's like, oh, we know who you are. What are you up to? <laughs> it's like, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and again, you know, part of part of the deal with most of the uh, investigative groups out there, it's not just purely the paranormal. It's also the history factor as well. Uh, okay. You are getting into some of the locations that are normally restricted to members of the public, and you're getting to see some really good history. And uh, that, for me, makes up for quiet nights on a paranormal investigation where nothing really happens. Then, then you still get to see something. So it's always worth uh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's, I think that's a key to it. I mean, it, it, it's always if if you don't find anything paranormal, I mean, you just you know exposed to all the history is just amazing. So I mean. But Byron, let me. I mean, Byron, you were in the military, right? I was, yes. And so, how did you really get into the paranormal and and you know, start haunted devil and all that? I mean, okay, is it- well, um, 
again, you know, I think that um, when I was in the forces, I'd had, you know, prior to the forces, always been interested in um, in the paranormal. Uh, I'd, I'd sort of read books and I'd been involved in uh, other groups and bits and pieces, but. Um, the transition from the military sort of skills over to uh, over to where we are now. Well, I suppose um, I was a search uh, guy, and I, I I did all sorts of uh, specialist type stuff. But searching was um, something that I was trained in, and uh, it was a different type of searching. But you know, it, it's something that uh, sort of gave me a logical way of looking for things and I suppose really I, I moved the two together and said well I'll tell you what let's let's go looking for um, the paranormal and it wasn't actually when I first started out as a youngster I actually was very interested in uh, UFOs so it, you know my- mysteries and those type of things so I was always you know at the age of 10 I had a little den in that den I had a spotlight and things and I had all sorts of bits and pieces um, so yeah I guess I was always sort of grown into I grew into it and then when I was old enough to, to be able to uh, do my own thing and run my own website uh, four people started Haunted Devon and uh, what we basically started because there wasn't a group locally in Devon and um, we wanted to run our own investigations but you know the heartache of running a a paranormal group you know you 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 get things going and uh, and then you realize there's a cost involved and there's lots of money to be upfronted for insurance and things and uh, but we got through all those years and it took about five years to establish Haunted Devon but um yeah, hopefully it's it's a it's a good group now, and um, yeah, it it I was in it for a while. Um, Ron is the mm-hmm. answer. I mean, so you've seen the the field grow through the years that you've been doing it. Yeah, I, I've seen the field grow and change, and I mean, you know, that there, there are um, you know certainly different views now than there was five years ago um five to six how do you years mean that ago. how do you mean that about well like i say six years ago as you know that that you know things have changed and i mean certainly i've been doing it for several years longer than that but with haunted devon you know when we first started there was almost an innocence to the way that investigative techniques were done and it was almost like you know everything was fine there was no uh there was no bitching with other groups because there were no other groups and <laughs> blah, blah. Um, but you know you know yourself that I don't know what it is, but with the paranormal world, but sometimes other groups tend to uh, hit on other groups and try and, you know, steal people or, and, or you know, on a, a steal venues. And we've never really got into that. And, I mean, it's it's a case of um, HD, Haunted Devon, do their own thing. We look towards our own stuff. We don't care what other people do. Um, we, we do work with other groups if they ask us to work with them. And uh, we share information as and when other groups ask us, you know but uh sometimes you get the feeling that uh, certainly as we've gone on in the world that people are very um uh, insular they like to maintain their investigative uh stuff and they don't want to show it for fear of you know someone might steal my venue well you know to be honest the world is a big place and the country of uk is a big place and right you know and it, there's plenty of room to share venues and, and exchange um results but i don't think that always happens and um we like i say haunted devon do have um a fair few 
people that will work with us and um, we share staff and those people that do you know they generally say that we're a good group and you know but you're always going to get people that say we're horrible we don't yeah. like them oh absolutely That's, i mean yeah. a, a lot of times i get interviewed and they'll ask me they'll say ron you've been around for so long and and all these groups are coming up i says does that irritate you or anything i said no it's it's like you know there's plenty of ghosts out there for everyone and, and as far as uh uh, more groups showing up, and which is true. I mean, when I started out, there was probably like 24 groups. If you went on the internet in the country, now there's like 24 in the city. But uh, the, uh, the the thing is that. It, you know, I, I taught a lot of these groups. You know, I, I, we did educational seminars. We did uh, classes. And, you know, we, we really taught a lot of them. And, and there are some of them out there that absolutely mimic us. I mean, they do everything that, that we do. And, uh, it, you know, it, it doesn't bother me. It really doesn't. But the one thing I guess kind of does bother me is, is there are a lot of people out there that think they're celebrities, you know, they got a ghost group or they, they go to this convention or they do that and they think, oh, we're a celebrity this or we're a celebrity. It's like, oh, my God's sakes, get over yourself, will you? It's, I don't know, people are just... Well, I can say, I can say, you know, Ron, I, I I should be royalty now if that's the case, and so should you, because we've been doing it a long time. But it doesn't, you know, people that have been doing it a long time doesn't make you brilliant. It doesn't make you uh, foolproof. It doesn't make you no. uh, a foregone expert of everything, because mm-hmm. you know, to, to be honest with you, it, it's an ever-growing thing. The paranormal, you don't, you don't. Uh, you you don't um, know all the answers. And no, that's you why don't. It's the paranormal. You just find learning as you go along. But uh, uh, you know, certainly, I um, would never class myself as some sort of superstar. And uh, <laughs> I think Pip would would slap me on the head if I ever thought that I was. In fact, maybe I should call downstairs and ask for a cup of tea and say, "Come on, you know, you got a superstar upstairs on the show." But uh, no, it's never been like that for me. It's always a personal thing, and that's that's what I've always wanted to do. But um, yeah, it it. It can be there are those out there that want to do it that way, and that's you know some people make a career out of it. I personally haven't, um, and maybe that's that's uh, maybe that's because I'm not good enough to do that. But I've never really tried to. Be I don't honest. think that's the quite, case. I don't think uh, it's it's just that you know it's it hasn't happened. That's all. I mean it, things happen for a reason. I believe you know. I mean it's. It's the way it is. I mean, you look at the number of paranormal TV shows, especially in the United States, we have tons of them. And, you know, the bulk of them, basically, uh, you know, they last a season, they last two seasons, and they're gone. And uh, it is what it is. It's as simple as that. And. You know, well, I mean, you know, you, with your shows over there now, I don't, I tend not to watch any any of the paranormal shows anymore. Um, I've given up on them myself. <laughs> I, I, I've given up on them, but I, wasn't there um, something to do with taps being sort of like cheating or something? Is that normally happen? I mean, because the same thing happened here with Most Haunted. They uh, were kind of caught out, and uh, I, I, I just heard a rumor mill that taps were cheating, and there were there was a big school of thought over whether they were. Ever since they've been out, there's been rumors that they've been they've been faking evidence and this and that. But that's whatever, you know. I mean, they're, they're, all the shows on TV, you got to remember, they're they're entertainment anyway. So if you're looking at them for uh, hot evidence or whatever, then uh, you know, if you're doing serious research, then you know those shows aren't really f- for serious research. I, I mean, they're it's just they're not. It's as simple as that. It, they are entertainment. 
So yeah, whether, whether yeah, they cheated or not, I really don't want to weigh in. I really don't care. I mean, if if you enjoy the show, watch it, and um, that's basically it. No, and like I say. Let's spread the love then. Let's spread the love, you know, because at the end of the day, we love every group, and I don't don't care to be honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that's not my main aim is to 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 wage war with other groups. My main aim is to 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 actually do what we do, and if someone else wants to join in, that's absolutely fine. And we work well with other groups, and I'll continue to do it the way we like to do it, you know. And uh, that, that's fine by me. But um, anyway, that's a very serious conversation, Ronald. Yeah, I know. We've uh, we've been really uh, on the serious side here. But uh, I actually, you know what? Um, last week I had a, a gentleman on the show by the name of uh, Toddy. Uh, Mike uh, Mike Toddy, is it? I think it was. Michael Toddy. No, T- I forget. Whatever. You know me. I'm old. But anyways, and he was al- he's always in the chat room. In fact, he's in the chat room now. And his, his uh, chat room name is Scouse, which is, I guess, and he corrected me on this because I had no clues of what that was. And I guess Scouse is for Scouser. And I guess that John Lennon was a Scouser. It's part of, of London where you come from. And it's, that's what they call themselves. So I finally learned that. So oh, I had no clue. Oh, okay. Did you know well, that? No, well, I, I, I know the word, obviously, Scouse. But um, uh, it sort of conjures up. Uh, he'll kill me for saying this, but shell suits and Afro hair. But... Um, but, but ask him about that next time you see him. I don't, he, he may be able to uh, to tell you about that. But um, I've never worked anywhere up in near Liverpool or anywhere like that. But uh, I, I know people have done in the past. So um, yeah, I, I'd be interested to hear what different areas. I mean, we we tend to stay around the Devon area, although we do, um, you know, go into Cornwall, obviously, in the southwest. But uh, generally, we we stray out sometimes and dip our toe into other areas, and one of those being Lancashire and various other places. But never never been up anywhere into the Liverpool area, so it'd be interesting to find out what's up there. Yeah, I mean, that's the cool thing. I mean, just like our country, our country is so big. I mean, of course, it's a... A lot bigger than than the UK, but uh, it, it's great to go to other areas just to uh, uh, you know get the the feel of how is it different than than the region you normally work in. Is there paranormal activity different? I mean, that's like you know, give you an idea of that. I mean, when I worked, one of my favorite shows was Most Haunted. I absolutely loved Most Haunted, especially when it first came out. And once again, it wasn't for serious research or anything. It was very entertaining, and I loved the show, and I loved watching it. It was fun to watch. So one of the things that they had on there, which I had never heard of, was stone throwing. Right. And I think, in fact, we had talked about it in an earlier show sometime, but I was unfamiliar with that. Yet you told me, I believe, that it's kind of common in the U.K., well, I I wouldn't say it's common, you know. Certainly, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, maybe. There, I mean, there, there are, you know, we 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 have had in the past um, sort of incidents where things have moved, you know. So, so for instance, one of the locations we've had stones that what appear about to Salem have been Sorry, Salem Chapel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's one of them. But but again, you know, we always look at the possibility that, you know, that these things could be brought in from one place to another. Um, so, so, for instance, you, you wear a cleaved uh, shoe. 
um, and um, you, you have they they have like uh, studs on the bottom and you've got like stones um, so you you walk outside you bring them in and uh, you know then then somebody kicks one out and suddenly a stone's been thrown so sometimes yeah it can be okay. it can be self-inflicted I'll have to ask a question uh, when we come back it seems like scouts asked uh, is, isn't Devon where they all have clots all the clots well I, I suppose that's um, so anyways think about that because we're going to have to take a break right now so you are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Ron Kolick and my very special guest Byron Jackson from Haunted Devon and we'll, on Pararex Tojanet Ghost Channel Beyond we'll be right back with the following messages Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk gooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous. As we give awards to the Bear X family. Four hundred twenty-seven. All right. Hi, I'm Ron Kolick, author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in. Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll, I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. Except so anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Anne and Ron. See you then. And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Ron Kolick and my very special guest today, Mr. Byron Jackson of Haunted Devon. Yeah, the thinner version. The the thinner version, mind. Yeah, well, that's to be seen. <laughs> Anyways, you can join us uh, live in the Tojinet chat room or the Pararex chat room. If you have a question, feel free to ask. Or you can call in at 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. So actually, we had a question in the Tojinet chat room for you, Byron, and it was got lost here a little bit. Where is it? Uh, something oh, about, is it about the cream? No, we will leave that one alone. Yeah, I think. Uh, I believe it was something about... Being scared. Yeah, being scared. I guess that was it. Yeah, Yeah. Byron, have you ever been scared? Oh, yeah. That was from Nancy. Nancy asked that. Well, I I think, actually, um, 
if you say that you're not, well, I know you, Ron, you're, you're, you're not ben scared Helsing of anything. Ben Helsing fears nothing, you know that. Ben Helsing. But I, I can tell you, yes, I have been scared, and um, it's, it's, uh, it, it sort of goes with the territory, really. And I suppose mo- most of the occasions, when you, when you rule out all the different things that are happening around you, and uh, you can quite confidently say, oh, well, that's, uh, that's near conditioning. Uh, that is uh, the group downstairs making the noise. That's this, that's that, that's the other. But when you actually have some, something happen to you and you've excluded everything, and then you sit there, and this is the real uh, crux of the paranormal, isn't it? You sat there and you think, well, there's no one else in this room. Uh, there's no lights on, but someone's just spoken to me, or something's just happened, and uh, or someone's touched my hand, or someone has done this, that, and the other. It does shock you. And, I mean, um, unfortunately, uh, the group take great delight in catching me on uh, night vision camera. And there was one occasion in um, Shaw Tunnel where um, a lady went into trance, and I wasn't expecting it. And, of course, we, the, the tunnel being a tunnel, the sound sort of uh, goes all the way around and uh, very, very quiet. But I was stood opposite this woman, and suddenly she let out the biggest scream I've ever heard in my life. Well, <laughs> most people use the expletives, but I actually hid behind the bloke next to me. So, yes, I have been scared. And Once I realised what was going on, I actually got involved. But um, now I have to say that I have been caught out on more than one occasion, and... Uh, but it doesn't stop me investigating. Though I, I'll still go into anywhere and stand uh, alone in in a location. But uh, yeah, I think I think I've have been a little bit fearful on occasions. But uh, is that wrong? No, it's not wrong. And I think that uh, that's one of the reasons that a lot of people get involved with this, uh, good or bad reason. But it's still a reason is that they want to be scared. They want to they want to be uh, you know frightened. Yeah, well, that's that's part of the deal, isn't it? It's um, you know the paranormal business. Uh, that, that, of course, they they come in, but there are groups um, that will uh, take people after they've been to the pub and this sort of thing. And I, I think that's totally irresponsible. Apart from the fact that you've got a group of thirty people, most of which have been drinking, and you're dragging them around a building with no lights on up and down stairs. Apart from the risk that you're putting to them and yourself, um, it's just stupid isn't it i mean they're they're obviously if they've if they've had five brandies and a couple of beers they're, they're probably likely to see more things than perhaps they would do normally um but uh yeah i i, I just i just feel that sometimes some groups are a little bit irresponsible in what they do but um yeah Ron, now, are you still are you there yeah, uh, yeah it was it was no it was hanging on your words basically uh have you worked on any particular techniques to enhance uh, the evidence uh, gathering? Um, yeah, I mean, the the way, well, again, you know, the different ways. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We're not, we're not saying gathering. there's a right way or wrong course, way. I just, right. Well, I mean, we, we do have a very strict code of the way that, that Haunted Devil will operate. And, um, you know, if we go into a location, we will try dearly to, to get into a location up to a week in advance now that's not always possible but we can always dump the uh, USB data or thermal loggers into a location early and if we if you know obviously we can't pay the visit that's what we'll do we'll we'll shove them in um, you know um, and leave them for up to a week 
and uh, that was our prelim sort of baseline to give us an indication of what was going on but 24 hours in advance we would then tend to to go in we would sector the area off and it's very much like a, a professional search or a police search that we would sector the areas into I mean you know for, for instance in one room could be divided into four locations upper left upper right lower left lower right and um, we would then um, place cameras into each of those locations now this isn't just uh, paranormal wise but also not that groups um you know certainly our group doesn't but you know people trying to cheat themselves by um you know making noises that perhaps are then picked up by other people to say oh you know what was that i mean our group's pretty honest in fact if your stomach rumbles we all say your stomach (laughs) rumbled uh, and it happens quite a lot you know and of course when you're sat over the other side of the room sometimes it actually sounds like um like a a growl you know um but um yeah it's I mean, investigations done, sectors, areas off, um, you know, different methods and mythologies are working. I mean, certainly we've tried, you you try the glass divination, but actually we're pretty bored of that now. So we we try um, use of electronic means as ovalists and that type of thing. But they are merely for, again, you know, entertainment purposes only. But Mm -hmm. um, there have been some good good resources with that. We've tried white noise, pink noise, brown noise, um, and we're trying um psycho uh, somatic type experiments where you place someone into a, a situation a stressful situation rig them up with ecg material and see how with, they react with what well you know electrocardiogram something like that or a pulse yeah. meter and you you check to see how they're operating um and you know of course there are other things that we can use such as um the negative ion detectors um you know to 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 um and of course static electricity can affect um not only the way that spirits operate but also the way that a person perceives uh, the atmosphere around them uh, you ever notice when you have a thunderstorm that um that there is a charged atmosphere and the charged atmosphere is obviously um that's where you're all here stand on the back of your neck um so nid is quite useful for that thing but i mean we're we're pretty much a technical team and i mean we do um you know, possess uh, thermal imaging equipment and that type of stuff. We will use it, um, but we work well with other groups um, in the in the respect that we 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 have mediums in the group, the spiritual side, um, but we tend not to uh, cross-contaminate uh, information from one group to another. So, if a group does a location. Um, you know, a team in in that in our haunted Devon group goes and does a location, maybe sector four on a, an upper floor. Then they will not tell anybody else what they've seen, heard, or anything else until the end of the evening, and and that's probably a good way of doing it. At the same time, you've got the skeptics that sit outside the group, i.e., they're in the group, but they're actually sat doing the technical side, and they will do their damnedest to try and disprove um, some some of the things that have gone on. Well, I wouldn't say disproved would i say a discount um natural phenomena as opposed to um you know accepting everything that goes on to every uh, scratch every creak you know instead of saying that was that was spiritual they may well turn around and say well that actually was down to a loose floorboard on the second you know whatever and um so yeah it works quite well it's a it's a different way of working, but um, each team has their own ways of doing things. And I think the main thing is that when you go into an investigation, the most important factor is a notepad and your eyeballs, really, and your ears. 
mm-hmm. and with, without all of those, you might as well give up and go home, aren't you? Really, if you don't have your eyes, your ears, and, and a notepad, then um, you know that's. Uh, well, I, I think it's it's more than just your eyes and your ears. It's it's your whole self. I mean, because you actually feel things as well, and I, I don't think you can discount your feelings. Is uh, they're not. A lot of people think, okay, feelings are not scientific because you can't measure them, but that's that's not correct. They are, they are scientific. They are driven by something. And well, you can, you can you can kind of measure your reaction to a feeling, can't you? Because, um, for instance, if you go into a location, you're on your own, um, but you you've got to weigh up the cost of the fact that this is a castle. It's dark, and I'm on my own. There is a certain amount of psych, you know, psyche there that says I'm scared, you know. But the the end result is that your pulse is going to race, um, your hearing and senses are going to heighten heighten, aren't they? Because you're in the dark. Most people. Uh, you know the the cones and rod in your eyeballs. Um, obviously, night vision as you as you get it, um, it kicks in, and your hearing gets slightly. Um, and you know about this, Ron, because you're older than me. As you get older, your ears get bigger. Um, and, uh, mine are quite tiny, um, but uh, yeah, you, you know about this. But I mean, yeah, you're quite right. The uh, the feelings is something that's important as well. That you need to uh, you, you need to uh, to think about. I mean, well, I mean, you mentioned that you use, for instance, um, skeptics in your group, right? Well, let's let's put it this way: they're not true skeptics. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there, would they? Because a skeptic, skeptic, is a person that sits back and says, "All oh, a load of bull. Um, I don't believe in any of it." These people are open-minded, um, and I don't suppose you could call it an open-minded skeptic. But I, you know, we we like to call them that. But they're open-minded. They they sit on the fence and they'll they'll swing either way um if you excuse that expression but they'll swing <laughs> either way to to uh to, to give you some some feedback on what's going on in the location so um but they're, they're not so easily um led down the road of you know uh maybe a medium or a sensitive will come up with some stuff and um you know they they don't just accept what that person is saying as being true. Um, they'll 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 certainly respect it, um, but they'll then verify that information to see if there's any correlation with historical facts and bits and pieces. Uh, and if there is, then obviously they will then look into that. And uh, and obviously there is then uh, kudos to the person that actually picked that up. You know, the sensitive person. Um, you know, I've worked with loads of them in my time, uh, and some of it than others but you know you get some and you think this person cannot possibly have known this 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 story there, there is no way on earth that this person could know this I, i've worked with mediums that i've never met before and brought them into a location where they've never worked and we've never worked you know so that that way of working you know to have a totally independent medium with a totally independent group going to a totally independent location is the one that i think would give you the best results because you've got you know there is nothing to be gained by anybody in in lying cheating or you know whatever you know right. you've got the three different things there and if there any if there is any good activity that this person this this medium comes up with then certainly the kudos raises you know you know 200% because 
they, they can't possibly have known that. No, of course, you're always going to get the sceptic to say, well, that person may have visited six years ago and may have been able to do this, this, and this, you know, but... Yeah, but if it doesn't, I mean, that's stretching it. I mean... Uh, yeah, when, exactly. When, when you just, yeah. I mean, you have to accept something on faith. I mean, you do. I mean, it's simple as that. You just can't say... Because if you want to be skeptical enough, you're going to go through some most ridiculous things and to try to disprove people, which is, sure. you know, nuts. I mean, you've got to accept some people for their word and some people for uh, their beliefs. It's it's simple as that. Absolutely. And like I say, you know, just to, to, to um, reassure people that this isn't a scathing uh, contact against, uh, against mediums or sensitives because certainly our group has many, many of them and um, they are really good people. And because you, the closer you work with a team, and it's like yourself and Maureen, the closer you work with them, the, the more respect you have for them right. and the more trust you have in them. Uh, and and certainly in our group, the the trust that we have amongst us is, you know, immense. You know, we we trust each other explicitly, and no one will ever turn around and say to someone, "You're talking a load of balls." You know, it's it's uh, it's rubbish. Yeah, and I don't believe anything you do, um, because certainly majority of people in the group will believe that they are talking um, from the heart, and they know you know that there is something there um just because they they don't quite understand it they don't discount it do you, do, do you see what i'm saying absolutely now yeah. i noticed we had a uh, a question from the uh, tojinet chat room from scouts and this is okay. byron do you ever use the document technique what, what okay. is the document technique well, I, I don't know either. So the Skies is going to have to elaborate. Maybe it's a different term that we, we may do it, but it may be called something different where we are. So I, I think it, that's what it is, you know, because he's he's uh, has a little different dialect than we do. Oh, I do, anyways. Of course, a well, lot of people well, have a little different dialect than I do, anyways. Well, Skies, if you're out there, just just reiterate what what it is you're talking about there, and I'll certainly answer your question. Right. Were we wrong? Right. I wonder if I use it. <laughs> well, we probably both use it, but we probably don't know. But um, or, yeah, yeah or we use it by a different name or whatever. That yeah, is. sure. Now, sure. one thing I do want to mention about is is um, when we do these investigations, it's not all like at least I don't or my team. It, it's not all serious, serious. I mean, we joke around. There's uh, there's a little bit of levity in it, and it, that's not a bad thing. And I can and I'll explain that. First of all, do you have levity when you do your investigation? Yes. Um, you know, like, like for instance, if you've been sat around in a location for a long time waiting for things to be set up, um, you know, tech teams can sometimes take, you know, a few hours to... Yeah, tell me about it. To set a, set a location up. So if the team arrives early, they're normally pretty stagnant before they, they even get into a location. So um, the mediums or um, the people that are sensitive or the group team leaders will go through a um, whole range of energy building exercises that are, that are fun. You know, so um, they're designed to be fun. They are designed to make people smile and they are designed to raise the energy. In, and that's that's essentially you know even though you you will get those little people on the peripheral the techies that say this is all a bit weird i don't like it um mm -hmm. they will actually will actually go through the whole routine as well because they they feel that you know hey we're a team and we we do things as a team so so yeah i mean we would do that wrong uh, and certainly the number of times i've talked about sausages on an investigation probably uh, <laughs> 
pro probably uh, too too many to mention, but yeah, I, I do. And actually, some of the best times that we've had things happen have been when we've been talking about other stuff. You know, right. not not calling out, not saying is there anybody there, but actually saying, you know, I know this really baldy joke. You know, would you like to hear it? And everyone says yes. You tell the baldy joke, and at the end of it, you get a bang. You know. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, sometimes you you get a reaction to it, and, and I guess uh, Scouse uh, uh, came up with a uh, uh, explanation. A person absolutely no electrical equipment in case of energy drain. It is solely of the person that what. Can you read that? I'm not sure what it says. Solely the energy of the person that is drained, thus the object being drained knows exactly what is happening. I think I kind of guess what you mean, yeah. I mean, it's about sterile, um, you know, sterilizing uh, and cutting off any form of energy drain from a location. Oh, okay. Um, now I know. And I, I kind of know what he, what he means. And actually, uh, we have tried that. I mean, we've tried other um, experiments with energy as well. Um, for instance, you know, you'll, you'll get, um, you know, different views again on this, but, um, you know, cell batteries, for instance, they, they come a variety of um, uh, levels of charge, and you'll know that you can take a, you know, a small AAA battery, and you can, uh, you can take the reading at the beginning of the night, and you can take it constantly throughout the night. Um, but, the issue, um, we, you know, we've tried that experiment. We've had batteries. We've had 12-volt batteries in a location, in a box. And uh, we've used um, conductors such as copper shields uh, to, to actually put around the battery to try and draw the energy in and hence draw the energy out, if that makes sense. But we would then... Uh, take voltage meter readings of the battery over a, a certain period of time. The only the only issue with that is, is of course, the the readings will only be as good as the voltmeter that you're reading. Uh, if it's not been uh, if it's not been uh, checked as a gauge, calibrated, as such, yeah. yeah, calibrated. You're always going to get someone say, "Well, you know, the the battery reading was down because the the meter was uncalibrated." Um, so you can only go within the limitations of uh, the the equipment that you have. But yeah, I think. An interesting subject there, guys, to actually to to put stuff in and to to use that and to try and uh, segregate it from from the person would be a good 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 way of doing things. And energy um, is is used in a lot of things. I know that Richard had tried experiments. I think in the, in uh, Derby Jail, uh, using electricity in his stone tape theory and see if he could actually initiate uh, the, the stone tape theory where, you know, mm. where uh, something would be projected or, or a uh, paranormal activity would occur because of uh, a source of electricity. And I know sure. that even, even um, uh, John Hammond, uh, uh, Hammond from Hammond's Castle in Gloucester, uh, he was a great inventor and he holds that, in fact, he holds a second number of uh, patents to Edison and uh, he used to take his mediums and put them in a Faraday cage. Yeah, and, sure. And yeah. It. And you, if you go to the castle now, you can actually see where where it's burnt in the yeah. ground where they used to sit. So uh, evidently there is a, a connection, or at least that we believe there is a connection between electricity and paranormal activity. Well, uh, well of course, uh, there, there's obviously uh, there is that, but uh, you know, you you you're probably familiar with ley lines and the way that they work right. as well. Um, you 
know, my great grandfather was was a dowser, and he'd always been a dowser. Um, he could find water on a farm, no problems at all. He was a blacksmith, and uh, you know, part of his deal was he'd go out and do he'd do agricultural labouring as well, and um, he would be able to find water on a farm. Now, all this was to do with the energies that in the earth, and um, those people who were sceptical out there obviously look at a piece of quartz. A piece of quartz is actually giving a Simon signal uh, constantly. Um, you know, throughout its life, um, and and these are these are inanimate objects that have energy, and um, you know we were talking the last time I think we spoke about, you know, the stone circles and how they um, how they aligned with earth energy and this, that and the other. Now people scoff at this and they say, no, it can't be true but if you take a compass to any of one of those stone circles mm-hmm. and put them into one of the locations, you will watch it spin wildly from one place to another. Now they're not no, magnetic. Really? really? Is, that, is that true? It's true, yeah. It's true. Okay. Well, and, well, let me say that. Have you ever experienced that yourself yeah we have um, and we've uh, at Pengursic Castle there are two stones they face each other and they are part of um, a little stone circle now if you place your compass anywhere near either of them um, everything goes haywire so it spins now uh, do you have not any video of that Byron sorry do you have any b- video of that I don't know. No, this is oh, a long time a ago. So, it, it, but it was early, early time. But um, <laughs> if you read on it, you'll you'll notice that there there are areas that actually have that um, facility, and uh, they will do it. And of course, um, there are different types of gases that cause the same problem um, with regards to. Um, and, and certainly, houses here in the UK have to be tested um, for a gas um, that is naturally accumulating in the house, uh, and certainly mining areas in Cornwall have a lot of it Um, and there are different gases but you know these gases can cause um, hallucinations, they can cause problems with regards to uh, your mental ability to be able to to do things Uh, you know and, and these are some things that you know normally groups don't check for, but you know the 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 good group out there will check everything. They will check, uh, you know, uh, the um, geological uh, situation of a of a house or a building to see where it sits and see what right. what rock it sits on. You know, so uh, you know it's it's kind of the, the the interesting thing about that, Byron, is sometimes when you do do that. For instance, say you get called into a a house to do an investigation and sure. and there's and this happened to us, and there was a young uh, boy who would have these nightmares and see things and hear things. And we went and we did the investigation. Well, he slept in a bed, and right at the head of his bed was this huge TV. I mean, and he used to let that thing run all night long. Yeah. And, of course, we put the EF meter there, and it went off, you know, off the scale yeah. because it was so much... Well, again, EMF yeah. can cause sickness, and um, certainly those computer users out there will know. Um, you know, I, I had a guy in, a, in an office that I worked in. He had a 24-inch uh, a CRT, and, and I would stand with the EMF meter on the other side of the room, and it would still be picking up. Yeah. So what it was doing to his head, I have no idea. But, uh, yeah. The interesting uh, thing apart is we, we presented that evidence to the homeowner, about that particular thing, and they just totally discounted it because that's not what they wanted to hear. 
Yeah. Well, again, it, it, you know, that, that people will look at this and say, well, they're just trying to make things, you know, fit. Uh, it's not about making things fit. It's about looking at all the probabilities of what, what things may be, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, certainly um, why it's, it's then? One, you know, one, you can, one you know, plausible explanation. That's what it is. Absolutely. But, I mean, yeah. if you, you this still comes back to the energies that are being released. You know, if you take uh, a medium from anywhere and you take them to a location that they do not know, they will stand on that location and they will pro very probably come up with something that, that will match what's at that location. The good medium will be able to do it. Now, um, how they do it, I don't care really how they do it. I, I am just amazed that some people can do that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting factor, but you have to discount all probability of there being any intervention from, you know, people trying to, you know, ego themselves but uh the people i've worked with you know 100 percent have been accurate in what they've what they've said so um yeah i have got no doubt that there are people that are more sensitive than you or i Ron. you know because as you know i'm a bit of a rock and yeah. uh you know I, I don't really pick much up but um i do get scared though yeah there you go the, the interesting thing about it as well is that say we do come to an area where there is high EMF and we try to give it as a, as, as a possible explanation, but if that's not ruling out that it's paranormal activity is not occurring. No, but again, you know, it's like, for instance, um, when we were doing, uh, uh, let me see, it was Jamaica Inn investigation, EMF readings can be changed in the mm -hmm. way that they, well, for instance, we had an EMF um, coming from a bottom of a uh, fire light, you know, one of the escape lights, mm -hmm. and it was coming through the floor, and then it was actually being resonated through a, a mattress. Now, believe it or not, really? this... this yeah, it was coming through the mattress, and what, what was happening when it was reaching the mattress, because of the way the coiled springs were actually being uh, done, mm -hmm. you know, a guy um, that we work with is, is a bit of an electronics guru, and he said, look, you know, this is what's happening. He said, you know, there is underneath this floor a very weak um, sort of EMF reading, and it, was, right. it wasn't very high. It was about three or four milligauss, but, um, you know, it wasn't a huge, uh, you know, because obviously 1.5 is normally but we've actually run out of time. Oh, So damn. anyways, you have been listening we'll to Ghost Chronicles International. My very special guest has been Byron Jackson of Haunted Devon. How can people reach you, Byron? Uh, www.haunted-devon.co.uk or I flopped in the... Uh, the um, link for our latest videos online now, which is up there. So um, they should okay. be able to see that. And they can also friend you on uh, Facebook, I believe, too. They, they can find me on Facebook. I'm there, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, and, and you can Jackson. also join uh, myself, Ronald Kolick, on Facebook. And I, I do want to mention one thing. Uh, this coming Saturday, we have uh, a series of uh, haunted uh, ghost tours of uh, Portsmouth Lighthouse and the fort, and uh, this is uh, an evening thing. They're like 20 bucks, and all the money goes to the Friends of Portsmouth Lighthouse. So uh, this Saturday, if you'd like to join us, go on to our website, anyghostproject.com. That's the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, and all the details there, along with all the other uh, events that uh, we have going on as well. So, Byron, I want to thank you so much. You've been awesome, and I really appreciate you filling 
on in for Richard, and hopefully he'll be back with us next week. And I will speak to you again on Ghost Chronicles Next Generation on the 29th, I think, isn't it? Yeah, the 29th. That's right. So Wednesday night, uh, 7 to 8. So, Byron, thank you so much. No worries. And, uh, uh uh-oh. Tomorrow night we have Patrick Burns and uh, also Molly Gibson on Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann and Ron. So tune in 7 to 8 Eastern Standard Time on TojiNet. So good night and God bless everyone. Goalies to ghosties, long-legged beasties, and things that go bump 